from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Locked On Chiefs, and we're back, and we got a doozy for you. It's been a little bit since he went to Yahoo Sports, but today we have Therese Paler back on the show. He's been here a couple of times and it's been a little bit. So we wanted to, to wrap up the draft with him, get his impressions about what they did and how they did it, uh, and try to just get a few minutes of his precious time because he is spread thin. Got a new gig at Yahoo Sports covering the NFL as a league. So that's great news. Now, it is a phone interview, so bear with us on the sound. Uh, but we did the best that we could for a phone. And uh, there's a couple of breaks in there, but we're pretty much going to roll straight through. Welcome back, folks, and, and we're lucky. The man is in high demand, but it's it's great to get Therese Paler back with us now of Yahoo Sports. How you doing, Therese? I'm great. How you guys doing? Keeping above water. Doing fantastic. That's all of us, baby. So I, I haven't talked to you since then. I know you did a little bit of, of radio, um, but congratulations. How is it moving up to uh, covering this whole league? Yeah, I mean, I always told people that I love Kansas City number one. And I actually really enjoy covering the Chiefs, even though I didn't grow up here. Like, I grew up a Lions fan. But, like, I spent five years covering this team, and I spent 12 years at the Stars. So, for me to leave, it would take, like, a special opportunity and the right opportunity. And that's what happened with Yahoo. Like, at some point, you know, sometimes people present an opportunity that you just have to take the right for your family. And I, I had to go ahead and do that. Um, but I did that because I – one of the things that was important to me is that I'd be able to continue to live in Kansas City. So I will stay here. I'm not moving to another city. It's not anytime soon. I'm going to be here for the people's future. Um, and also, most of you guys know, if you follow me, I have a radio presence. I come on 610 twice a week. I'm going to continue to do that. I extended my contract at that station. So throughout the season, you'll be able to hear me on 610, not just twice, but three times. Because um, early in the week, I'm going to host the chief show one hour. A host to be named later. So you're going to get three times to Riz during the week, during the year. I'm not going away. Still going to watch every Chiefs game. I just got to cover the whole league now. So um, this, this, is, this city is special to me. Um, my time at the Star was special. So I'm, I'm really glad I could stay and continue keeping an eye on the team. Well, I'm sure everybody's glad to hear that too. So uh, any chance you're going to get some of those A teamers with you on this radio show? <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Um, you know, I, that was one of the hardest parts of leaving, just like the bond and chemistry I had with the player, I hate Sam. I love this guy. I know, I know that's um, So, you know, what, I, what I'd like to do, like, you know, they can have me on whenever they want. Um, you know, I'm sure, it I'm sure it won't be, you know, regularly because they got to move on. You know, like they got to find, like, whoever my relation is, they got to, like, you know, they got to they gotta work with that person and, like, you know, feature them. And I get that. But every once in a while, I wouldn't mind coming on shirts. Um, and I'd hope that. You know, at Yahoo, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help on the podcast effort. Um, I hope, like, you know, every once in a while, I can get one of them on for our show to keep the relevant. So, uh, yeah, it's just really important. I'm still gonna be around, and uh, you know, definitely keeping on the Chiefs. But at the end of the day, I spent my first five years on being covered in team. I still have a really good institutional knowledge on all here. So when you're looking at stepping up to look at the league as, as a whole, or you got you got a room in the house, you're loading in 17 TVs, or, or how are you going to accomplish that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to work out of my office mainly, but I'll be traveling fairly regularly, uh, different cities, working on different stories, working those locker rooms, just like I work the Chiefs. 
some, some Sundays I'll be going to games. Some Sundays I'll be, you know, watching NFL Red Zone like the rest of you guys. <laughs> watching the condensed version of games. And then the next day watching the 22 certain games. Um, you know, I, I hope that this job, I, and the, uh, one of the reasons I think, is I think it's going to give me opportunity to really kind of focus on big picture, like football stories that you guys know I love to do. It's kind of hard to tackle them when you're a beat writer. You have to worry so much about, uh, uh, you know, transactions regularly and all the stuff that comes with being a beat writer. So I think this would be a nice challenge. I enjoyed being a beat writer, by the way. I really did. But I think it would be a nice challenge and a chance to see to do some different things to see how that goes. Well, the star is definitely going to have a, a couple of large shoes to fill when they try to replace you. I uh, always enjoyed uh, reading your stuff and looking forward to seeing what you're able to do at Yahoo. What oh, did thanks, you man. think I appreciate of, that. Yeah, not a problem. What did you think, and, and well, and i got to admit, this is a little self-serving, but I'm also going to miss seeing you at training camp. I always enjoy talking to you at training camp. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I did too. I enjoyed those conversations, man. But I, you know I'm going to pop in? Like it's too close for me not to pop in now. <laughs> well, I'll be saying hello if I see, see you there. there. So, All right, man. <laughs> definitely will. So let's uh, shift gears here a little bit. What did you think about this Chiefs draft class? It's a little different than yeah. uh, they've done in the past couple of years. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Like, I hope you guys were my draft grades. I gave it an A because I know exactly what they were trying to do. And yep. you know what the problem was, guys? Well, first of all, before I elaborate, like, you guys tell me, like, did you grade it? What'd you give it? Honestly, no, my, my, no, I know. My biggest issue is that they're changing the defense so much. It's really hard for me to give it a fair grade, uh, because you have to see how those pieces are going to work together. Right now, I was, I mean, I was giving it a B minus to C just because the pieces that they picked didn't seem to fit what they've been doing in the past. Uh, but obviously, that's not what they're going to be doing in the future. You know, I gave it not as nice a grade as you did. You know, I was in, I was in the B region only because not that they have a problem with the players that they took, but I feel like they missed out on an opportunity to get a cover corner that I think can be a long term replacement. And I'm not so sold on the guys they have right now. Uh, do you do you think I'm way off base on that? No, I think it's fair. I think anybody who wanted to give it a C, you could do that. I think you could give it a B and. I'll die on my hill of giving it an A. Like, I, I gave it an A because, let's remember, guys, I watched every game in the last five years. I got, I got sources in the organization. I got sources around the league. I got sources up. I got sources down. And I know what they were trying to do. This team was soft last year. Okay? Especially on defense. And Red Beach basically told you that in the presser after. Um, you know, you don't blow that lead in the playoffs without uh, needing a little bit more mental toughness. Right, and the defense needed a lot of help. Okay, I know what he was trying to do. I know what they were trying to do. But their first three picks, they drafted three guys that love football um, and play with a lot of energy and enthusiasm and can fill roles. Like if you look at Derek Nadi, he's a need pick. He's a run stopper. He's a two gap guy. They think he can play zero tech nose. They think he can line um, as, as a one tech as well as certain. Um, alignment. Uh, Breland speaks. He's a big kid at 6'3", 285. Um, they say he plays his butt off, uh, and he's a lot more stout at the point of attack than anybody else they have there other than Justin Houston. They're trying to stop teams from being able to get whatever they want on the ground. Um, Andy Reid is tired of looking at that. And Dorian O'Daniel, you guys were tired of seeing them 
get run on in the dime, right? Well, this guy's going to – when he gets up to about 230 as a dime linebacker, you're going to see why they draft him. Um, you know, they think he's a guy that has a chance to actually be functional against the run and help against the pass in that alignment with Anthony Hitchens. So I was going to give the grade – I was going to give the draft to B based on the first three picks. And then they went ahead and took two of my all-juice guys. <laughs> the cornerback, Tremont, Tremont Smith. Well, I've heard had a tremendous rookie camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what I was reading. I heard he was balling, but that's what I was saying. He's a really kind. He's, he's good. Um, you know, and, and I was just like, okay, so Tremont Smith, Brett ah, Beach, going for it, okay. And, <laughs> uh, you know, get, drafting, drafting the all-juice guy. Like, I'm no hypocrite, man. Like, those are my 22 favorite guys in a draft based on, like, the value in which I can get them. So, like, when you draft them, like, I give you credit for that because I, I trust my own evaluation and what I hear about these guys. So, sure. you know, when they when they took Jermon Smith, I'm like, oh, man, okay, that's my dude. Um, I get it. And, uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, guys, I think, like, in general, man, like, I understand if you want to give it a C or a B. But I'll tell you this, the one thing about that draft that if you give it a low grade, here's why you give it a low grade. Because you didn't hear about some of these guys before the draft, the specific Chiefs option. Like, if we mentioned, if the Chiefs media had done a better job, like, naming some of these guys, and you've been mentally prepared for that, I, I think you guys would probably be a lot. Now, when I say you guys, I mean fans, not you two. I think, I think fans would have been a lot more okay with it. But at the end of the day, like, I never mentioned breathing speed. Every once in a while, I get fooled. I got fooled on that one. Um, you know, but I got, I, hey, Tremont Smith, I had you on that. So, like, it, it goes both ways in that. And I hate to drone on, but I, I, that's, those are my thoughts on it. Like, I know what they were trying to do. I, I really do. And at the end of the day, we'll see how it goes. But I like the philosophy behind it. They're trying to get mentally tougher and then trying to improve a defense that was weaker at week at times. Too weak to win in the playoffs. We'll take a second, then we'll be back to talk about Breland Speaks. Well, and see, that's the thing, that, and that's kind of what I was trying to say with my draft grade, is that I look at the Breland Speaks pick, and to me that means that they're going to be shifting from having a speed rush to more of a heavier rush and really trying to stop the run, uh, which is a, a complete change from what they have with D Ford. And I'm not trying to, to downplay D, but he's not, you know, he's not going to have that run-stopping ability that Speaks is going to have. Uh, it's just a different style of defense. You know what? I'll also tell you this. I think um, I think that's okay. Like if you're going to be in, well, absolutely, if you're going to be like in a four-two dime rush set, okay, uh, like you better be able to hold up and have some some stoutness at the point of attack. So if you got Speaks at two eighty and Naughty at three fifteen or whatever he's at, and then you know Chris Jones and Bailey and Houston rotate, you know, like that's that's there's some meat there, you know? And you got yeah. Hitchens and you got Ragland. Like, you can – I know what they're trying to do. They're going to be more aggressive this year up front. I really believe that. If they don't, rip them. Rip them to shreds. If we don't see more stuff this year, unleash. Go to town on them. I get it. Uh, but I think you're going to see that. And I also meant to mention the other all-juice they got, guy they drafted, Armani Watts. I put like a low – I put a high third-round grade on that guy. And the only reason he tested poorly was because he was a little too heavy because he tried to bulk up. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to come in and play. I think he's going to play quickly. He's got ball skills. So, before the draft, before they took um, Watts and, and Smith, I was given that a B, and I would have felt okay with that. But the other two brought it up to an A. So, we'll just see how it goes. 
Well, I like what you said about Watts, too, and, and I think he's probably the guy that has the best chance to play significant snaps as a rookie. But what I want to know from you, when you saw his tape, how do you feel he's a fit? Is you think he's more of the free safety like like a lot of the draft Knicks kind of put out there, or do you think he could be interchangeable and come into the box for him? I think I think he's aggressive enough to play in the box, but I don't think that you really need him to do that because that's what Eric Berry does best. Like you want Eric Berry sniffing around the action in the box, um, especially because uh, you know you really want him doing what he's most comfortable doing. Um, after, as he's coming back from his Achilles injury, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be chance, you know, you want him doing what he's best at initially so he can just start feeling comfortable. So I, I think he'll probably play a lot more free safety in the Ron Parker role initially. But to be fair, he's also got to beat out Sorensen, who I know loves football, probably was disappointed with his season last year, might come back. You never know with guys. And Eric Murray too, who also loves football. He's a former all juice guy. I know, I, I'm sure, I know he wasn't really happy with his season. Um, it's make or break time for that young man. I expect him, if he's got it in him, you know, you're going to see it this year. So Watson's going to have to come in and beat those guys out. I don't think it's a lock he's going to do that. You know, he's going to have to win the job because he's, he's going up against two guys that are coming off season they probably weren't real happy with but do have some talent. Now, what well, I think that O'Daniel versus Sorensen, I see that as more of the matchup of who's fighting for what role. But do you think the mm-hmm. team still sees Sorensen as a guy who can play in the back? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you got Sorensen on the field, you'd be asking Barry to probably play in the back a little bit more um, and be a little more interchangeable. But, um, you know, I, you don't know what Sorensen's going to do this offseason to improve. You know, I mean, if Eric Barry is healthy, you'd imagine Sorensen would just kind of adjust his game a little bit and say, or at least attempt to and say, okay, I better make sure that I'm lighter than in years past so I can run a little bit faster and have a little bit more range. That's why I think it'd be interesting to see, like, what he what he's reported at and how he looks in OTAs. Um, so, I mean, look, I mean, we're going to have to see. You know, we're going to have to see. Or Daniel and Sorensen, you know, maybe those guys battle out of the dime linebacker. I don't know. Maybe this year. It just it just all depends on what Sorensen comes back as physically. Is he bigger? Is he, did he get bigger to try to be better as a dime linebacker? Or did he get smaller to try and be better as a free safety? Like that's what I love to see in OTAs. Hmm. One well, one of the things I keep hearing you say is that they went out and they drafted guys that love football. Uh, you know, and I know we're talking mostly about the draft, but let's look back at the free agents they brought in as well. Uh, I would say that that's definitely a definition for Anthony Hitchens. Uh, but, you know, what were your impressions of the free agents they added? Um, you know, Watkins, I, I, well, yeah, we'll start with Hitchens because you brought him up first. I mean, Hitch, look, Hitch is a good player, right? Like, you, you're paying him a lot of money for, right. for a good player. Like, if it's Madden, like, if, if you had Hitchens on Madden, I'm guessing he's like, what, like an 84 or 85 or something? <laughs> right, like it's okay. He's a good player. He's a solid player, right? I mean, you paid him nine million dollars a year. That's a lot of money for a solid player. Uh, but they 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 knew they needed to get a little a bit more. They needed to get younger and faster and stouter in their base D. And he also can help in the in the dime too. You know, Beach has been pretty aggressive about trying to prove this defense as much as he can. Um, and I think the most important thing to remember, and the reason like I'm not crushing him for paying that guy that much money, yeah, he's only 24 years old. <laughs> You know, like, he's not even – I mean, he's got four more years in his physical prime. You know what I mean? Um, and it's a five-year deal, so, he'll, you know, he might get cut after three or he'll renegotiate it after three. Um, 
But, like, you know, you're gonna, he hasn't, my point is he hasn't played his best football yet. So I get what they were trying to do. And the same can be said for Watkins, who's also 24 years old. Both those guys are going to be good for the next three or four years, man. Um, and Watkins, I think people are really underestimating kind of the possession receiver quality he has. Uh, for whatever reason, he's all kind of tabbed as like a downfield guy, like a speed guy. And he does have that, but I think he's like a slant ball specialist. You know, he's 6'1 and a half, 214. Like, that's Michael Irvin size. Like, I think, I think he's a possession receiver. He's going to play the X in this offense. He's going to be kept at slant balls and be a red zone threat and be, and be counted on the chain, move the chains on first down. I think that's what he's going to be counted on to do. In addition to, doing the deep ball stuff because we know Patrick Mahomes loves to sling it. So they're, they're giving Patrick everything they think. They're giving Patrick everything they can. Um, if you do want to criticize them, you can say they didn't do enough to upgrade the interior of the offensive line, which was a weakness at times last year. Um, and if this offense doesn't become one of the best in the league, like if, it, if it's not lethal, it'll be because Patrick Mahomes isn't as good as we all think he is and or the interior offensive line was disappointing, again, due to injuries or for whatever reason. You know, at the end of the day, last thing I want to know, what's your impression? Because I feel like Brett Veach is not done. I feel like he's going to continue to be aggressive, pick up players, and, and do whatever he can through camp, final cutdown day. I expect to see some action. What's your take? I think he's been very, very aggressive about trying to, like, improve. And, I, you know, he, the way they like, – have you guys noticed just the amount of, like, roster moves they've made, just cycling <laughs> under the bottom, yep. you know, cycling the bottom of the – turning the bottom of the roster over? It's very reminiscent of, like, Dor- John Dorsey's early days here, you know, when he was trying to get those old guys out of there and bring in his guys. Like, just every day there's a transaction of some lower-level guy that he's just cut and then another guy that brought bringing in. Like, his staff is doing the work, right? Like, I think I, – I mean, I saw Brett um, a couple days – I saw him three weeks before the draft, and I also saw, like, obviously right after the draft. He just – he looked a little tired. Like, he's a pretty enthusiastic guy. He's got, like, a lot of energy, but, like, I, you could tell he's been grinding on the film. So, I, I know Brett's doing the work. At the end of the day, Andy trusts his scouting ability, man. So, like, you know – they all get judged on results. Like, you know, let's face it. Like, Breland Speaks needs to be a good player, man. Like, I think if he gets – if Breland Speaks turns into, like, a good player, I think I think people will be like, oh, okay, he was right about that. Give him the benefit of the doubt. If he doesn't, you know, fans will criticize him for it. And, you know, I get it. You know, there were other guys on the board that were rated as higher prospects. Lorenzo Carter. Um, I, know, I know you guys wanted the corner. Like, I get that. But I honestly don't feel like – um, I, I think if Josh Jackson was still on the board, like, they might have just taken him, right? Like, I think they probably had him and Speaks at the same grade. Because, I mean, you can see what everybody sees with Jackson. He's a ball hawk. Like, you want that. So, you know, just at the end of the day, like, it happens, you know. Um, doesn't mean they didn't get a good player, though. They got a good player to position the need. Because with Justin Houston's health and D Ford's health, and the chance neither one of those guys will be here next year, to be honest, you know, you better start turning over some, some talent at defensive end, edge rush, outside linebacker. We'll take a second and we'll be back to finish up with Therese and get his final thoughts. Well, and then the other, the last question I have is what did you think about uh, them going and picking the divisional rival GM's son? And Khalil McKenzie. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. That, that was, I like that pick. I like that pick too. Like, 
Um, McKenzie is a really gigantic guy, man. Like, he's got, obviously, natural ability because of his daddy, but, like, in this football family. But, like, why couldn't this move work out the guard? Like, he's a big, strong, powerful guy with, like, a enormous, like, lower body to, like, move people. Like, as soon as he picks up – and it might, this might be a two- or three-year project, but when he picks it up, he could turn into a pretty good player. So in the sixth round, why not? Let's see what he right. can do. Like, I get it. It's too hard. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, for the value, like, Tremont, Tremont Smith and Khalil McKenzie were two of my favorite picks of theirs, along with Armani Watts. It's kind of funny, um, you know, but we'll see how it goes. I like what they were trying to do, though. Like, this defense needed more talent. I think this is going to be a bit of a transition year anyway. Like, I think I'm going to pick – I will pick this team to go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven or 7-9, seven and nine, something like that. And then next year, when all these young kids have gotten a year of experience under their belt, they'll be better next year than Brett to have a whole other draft and then a whole free agency to improve depth. And the cap situation will be a little better, too. So, yeah, I think it will be interesting, man. Well, last last real quick question: If you think they're going to go eight and eight, who do you think wins the division? Yeah, probably the Chargers. Probably the Chargers or the Raiders. I mean, I you know, I, I think the Raiders. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were all saying that the Raiders are coming. The Raiders are coming. You know, one down year doesn't change that, man. Like it either be the Chargers or the Raiders, but I don't think that means the Chiefs are going to be down forever. I think they'll be right back into it next year. Because I believe in Patrick Mahomes, and if they, if everybody is right about Patrick Mahomes, hell, the Chiefs might surprise people this year. We'll just have to see. Everybody, listen to Lewis Riddick. That's all I'm saying. Well, thank you for taking the time, folks. Check out everything Chris is doing at Yahoo, so that you can keep track of the whole league instead of just our team. But man, I, I hope you enjoy all the frequent flyer benefits you're about to reap, <laughs> and we appreciate you taking the time. That's funny. Well, I enjoy my job. You guys know it's fun for me. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this goes, man. Well, thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll check back with you later in the season. Okay. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.